RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios in Lawfather Headquarters. And uh, Jason and I were just breaking down a wonderful Bucks game this uh, past weekend, yesterday. Uh, really glad I sold my tickets to the game because, well, quite plainly awful. Uh, but we digress from the show and what it is. Make sure you check out all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and you can get all of your legal tips, both informative and entertaining. Uh, at least I hope that it's entertaining because that's the goal, right? The goal here between the podcast and social media is to just be entertaining. That's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make the people happy. So check out all of those places. Follow us. Like, like, subscribe to the podcast. It's, well, if you're listening to the podcast, you already know how to find it. But for those of you on the live because we do the show with Instagram Live. Uh, you can check check out the podcast and all the previous episodes uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So let's dive right into name, image, and likeness. Now, what is that, okay? And look, the reality is name, image, and likeness has been around for years, years and years and years, okay? Uh, think about it like this, um, and I'm going to saw him. On. I didn't see him personally. I saw him personally. I didn't see him live. I saw, I saw him on a Facebook or an Instagram post. Uh, Ian Beckles, uh, friend of the show's, friend of mine, friend of Jason's, and uh, radio influence. So he has a show. Actually, check it out. I think he has a couple shows. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he had a, a Bob Marley shirt. I think it'd be a bar, Bob Marley on his shirt. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. But that is, when we talk about name, image, and likeness, okay, whoever made that shirt that he was wearing, okay, had to pay some sort of royalties or licensing to what, however Bob Marley's estate or companies are set up for the use of his likeness on the shirt that Ian was wearing, okay? So... Think about it like that. You, you you see it in lots of different places. Um, I see Nirvana. This blows my mind. We're in 2022, and I see Nirvana shirts still, right? Um, look, I I remember when Nirvana was actually putting out new music, right? They haven't put out new music in, God, I don't know how long, 20 years probably, somewhere, somewhere in that vicinity, right? Um, mostly because, well, the lead singer is dead, and it's... They broke up. Uh, those of you who aren't familiar, the the lead singer on Foo Fighters, David Grohl, was the drummer for Nirvana. Okay, but when we're talking about name, image, and likeness, where where am I going with this whole Nirvana piece? Right, is Nirvana is a band, right? It's an entity. It's a thing. So it's licensed. It it has most likely, if they did it right, was trademarked, and therefore, if you wanted to put the smiley face with the funky the funky smiley face thing with the x's on the eyes i think is what it was and it was yellow and black typically right if you wanted to put that on a shirt and you wanted to sell that shirt you had to pay whoever owned the trademark now likely it was probably the record company right um at least back then the record companies were kind of held all the cards they still hold most of the cards but anyway 
So that's really easy to understand. Where it becomes a little bit convoluted is when we're talking about name, image, and likeness, right? Well, how do you deal with an individual person, right? You go, okay, I want to put a person's face on a shirt. Well, that person's image is really the same when you're using it to sell products as that Nirvana logo on a t-shirt, right? So Bob Marley is somewhat of an entity, right? Because he was a solo singer. But when you take his, his face, his face and his, and his head and hair and the dreadlocks, you know, the whole thing, it's very recognizable, right? You look and you go, that's Bob Marley. When you see that funky smiley face thing, you go, that's Nirvana, right? So name, image, and likeness has to do with, okay, you, we'll, we'll stick with the Bob Marley example here because we're currently going down that path. Bob Marley on a shirt, okay? That's his name. His, 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 uh, his face, that's his likeness, right? That's what we're talking about when, when we transition this to look at how does this impact college sports, right? Name, image, likeness, been around forever, okay? You can't just take somebody's name, their image, or their likeness and throw it on a shirt and go... I'm going to sell these shirts and I'm going to make a lot of money because I put it on there, right? So um, that's that's how that works. That's what that is. So what was happening was prior to about two years ago, I believe it was, it was 2019, California passed the first bill. But amazingly, actually, California passed the first bill in 2019. It was not supposed to take effect until 2023. So we actually haven't even hit the date that this was all supposed to take effect, but the catalyst to this whole thing was this bill passed in California in 2019, right? That was not supposed to take effect till four years later. What happened historically in college football, and if you look, the NCAA is about 115 years old, okay? 115 years ago, roughly, college sports wasn't big money. Professional sports wasn't big money, right? Up until, what did you say, Jason, about... 20-ish, probably 20, 25 years ago is when pro sports started becoming legitimate money, right? So 20, 25 years ago, pro sports became legitimate good money. Prior to that time, you'd have a decent amount of guys who would have to work jobs in the offseason just to sustain themselves, right? So what? So, so there's that. Um, So, but, <laughs> so then college has, has really picked up, right? So sports have all of a sudden become this big money thing, and it, it trickled down from the professional ranks. And now college is big money. And all of a sudden people started saying, hey, I'm making this college, or I'm part of something that's making this college millions of dollars a year. Why am I not getting paid for it? right? You're putting my face, right? You're putting my likeness to sell tickets. And then selling tickets, you're getting people to come to the stadium. And getting people to come to the stadium, you're getting people to buy concessions. And you're making money hand over fist. And maybe because it's a college, you're using my image to get supporters to make additional donations to the school so you can improve your school 
the way it looks, the facilities. And what does that mean? New people come in. You can charge more for tuition. And all of a sudden, that school's bottom line gets better and better and better. Now, these are all nonprofit, right? Uh, but such a joke, right? I mean, look, we're talking about these nonprofit entities with several people in these nonprofit entities making millions of dollars. I say several, but really your big time college football coaches. Uh, I, I would imagine your university presidents are, you know, on your, in your big universities getting close to that. I, I'd say a college univer- a president of a major university is probably making at minimum $500,000 a year at minimum. Okay, so we're talking about big time money and players saying, look, I'm I'm helping you make this big time money, right? Because we're going to go to a bowl game. We're going to get national recognition. We're going to get national TV. You're going to get national TV dollars, right? They're going to use me to advertise that game, right? So the TV network's going to make money. The college is going to make money. They're all making money. The coach is making money, right? So why shouldn't the player make money? Well, because the NCAA being the amazingly antiquated entity that it is, you know, hey, for the past 100 plus years, this is how we've done things. These are all amateur athletes. You can't get paid for what you're doing, right? But there's been kind of chipping away at things. There's, you know... You can, you can do things outside of the NCAA to make money, right? Um, I believe Olympic athletes could, were, Olympic athletes would get paid um, endorsement deals, sponsorships. I believe because it was outside of the NCAA, they could accept that money because it, 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 had, it had nothing to do with the NCAA. Now, look, whether or not you're for or against players, um, getting paid, right, and no longer truly being amateurs, let's kind of keep in mind that the impact of this. What is this really impacting? Football. Basketball. And the major conferences in the major schools. That's it, okay? It's not impacting, for the most part, it's not impacting baseball. It's not impacting softball. It's not impacting volleyball, right? Um... It's just not because those sports, although can be a feeding ground, right? They're not big money sports in college, right? It's just not. So, and actually, if you look at the economics of college sports, most colleges use their football programs to pay for the other programs, right? Most most college programs don't actually turn a profit. So we're talking about we're talking about these big money pieces. We're talking about a very small percentage of the programs, which means essentially we're talking about a really small percentage of athletes that are making a substantial amount of money. Okay. So we're not talking about the the vast majorities. We're talking if I had to guess, we're probably talking one to two percent of all college athletes. So, because you got Division One, Division Two, Division Three, right? So I, I can't imagine there's too many people getting paid a whole lot in Division Two and Division III. Uh, though the old uh, 1AA, which is the, what, the bowl champ, no. What's the FCS? 
the football championship series, that old one double A, they're probably not even making anything. So, and most of the programs in the FBS, the bowl series, you know, the, the main college football series, you know what? Small percentage of those schools are making some money and, and you got some people make, you got some athletes that are getting paid. So how does that tie into the legal world, right? So that, that's a big, long backstory on how does this tie in legally? Well, w- this is what spurred the change was there's this California law that basically said that, hey, these college athletes should be able to be paid for their name, image, and likeness. Right, they should be able to make money from that. Florida came through, and uh, I believe Florida was the second one. Said the same thing, but but Florida put a lot of restrictions on it. Right, so for being a pioneer in something, usually, right when you, when you think of a, somebody being a pioneer in in anything, it's really usually pretty wide open, right? But Florida was a pioneer, but they restricted it a lot. And what Florida said was. This is still the case. They've tried to change the law, but it, it has not been changed. That basically the college can't have anything to do with it. Yeah, you know what? We're going to let the players at Florida, Florida State, Miami, yeah, you guys can get paid, right? For your name, image, and likeness. But the university cannot be involved. Actually, USF, I... I, USF actually, some of their guys have name, image, and likeness deals, um, which I guess that means USF is starting to become a, a, a bigger type program. But anyway, here's how they get around it, right? There is absolutely nothing that says that a booster club can't put together deals for name, image, and likeness. And uh, I believe it's University of Florida, their booster club actually uh, solicits fans to contribute $10 each to to their booster club fund, which then goes to, it, it, they use, there's a term for it and it escapes me, but basically uh, it's, it's called a collective. And the collective pays these players for their name, image, and likeness. So they get a bunch of fans to chip in $10 and this collective pays out, right? This collective is the booster club. So not technically a part of the university, but I, you know what? How are you going to separate the booster club from the university, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're not employed by the university. The university can't control what they do, on and on and on. But at the end of the day, everybody knows. It's like the worst-kept secret in the world, right? They're, they're probably having meetings with the alumni relations departments, right? And uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we didn't tell you to make those payments, but, uh, you know booster club they're going to make payments so you know that that's that's how that looks here and, and so we had these states that were passing these laws but the ncaa athletes couldn't get paid still because they would lose their ncaa eligibility and, and you look and you go well, well how is that the case right you have this law that says you can get paid well the ncaa is private they don't have to follow the laws the ncaa can create their own regulations to be able to participate in the NCAA, okay? So that's really important that, hey, these athletes by law can get paid, but the NCAA can say, well, you can't participate in, a, in our group if you get paid, right? So what, what's happened is the NCAA has, has kind of changed their tune and said, hey, as long as you comply with state laws, 
you can you can accept money for name, image, and likeness. And that was that they they're still actually working on a full finalized resolution to this, a full finalized rule to this. They created what was called an interim rule that they just basically threw their hands up and said, We're out. We're not dealing with this. If the states say you can, then you can. Uh, interestingly, though, Alabama had Alabama had an NIL law, right? And they did it because they wanted to stay competitive. Well, because, well, the University of Alabama is a little bit big time, it turns out. And they didn't want to... They originally created the law so they wouldn't inhibit their ability to recruit players to most likely the University of Alabama, but Auburn's there too, so we could throw them a bone. But look, University of Alabama is a uh, state school, so we're going to assume that they were trying to help the state school. Uh, But they actually since repealed their NIL law because all of a sudden, as new states passed NIL laws, Alabama's was a little too restrictive. So they just got rid of it. So that way it's not restrictive at all. There you go. Um, Welcome to Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, Yeah. So, which means in these other places other than Florida, some of these places, the school can actually be involved with helping secure these NIL deals, which might be a good thing, right? I mean, that's kind of what I saw as the downside to the way Florida's is written is, hey, we look for these institutions. We look for these coaches to look after these players because, look, they're 18 to 22, right? Yes, they play football on a huge stage. But did you make the best decisions between 18 and 22? Um, sure, most of us did not, right? So, you know, it, it, it takes a little bit of safeguard away, at least in my opinion, when you go, hey, school, you can't be involved, right? It'd be really great to have all the schools involved. Look, it, it, it's here. It's here to stay. I don't see it going anywhere. So if it's going to be here to stay, might as well embrace it and might as well find the best way to protect these players. So that's your little uh, little primer, if you will, on NIL deals and what they are. And you know, they're, they're all based on state law. So every state law is going to be a little bit different. Some are going to be more restrictive. There's about 28 states that have NIL laws in place. So, and the NCAA is basically throwing their hands up. So that is how these guys are getting paid. So that is the Law Father show for today. Those of you who uh, enjoy this show, go ahead and check out all the other shows on Radio Influence. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, do keep in mind that we do run this show live on Instagram Live. Okay, you'll see a little story pop up with the scheduling. Go ahead and jump on there. Follow all of our social media. Just check out at the Law Father, and you will catch us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and you can also start checking some of our stuff out on YouTube. So check it all out. If you have any listener questions, just hit me up. Law Father out.